It's time for Spotlight on KRWC, and our regular first Tuesday of the month visits is with District 877 Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Scott Tillman, who joins us with uh, some information today on some new happenings within the district. Scott, good morning to you. Good morning, Tim. Good uh, to be with you. Talking about the, uh, the temperatures, we haven't uh, endured quite that cold attempt yet this year. I was going to bring that up. It's going to be interesting to see what happens um, Sunday night um, as we have school on, on Monday morning um, and what the wind chill will be like. Yeah. That's always, um, once it starts dipping down to that 15 below, depending on what happens um, with uh, how much wind we have, it can dip into that 10-minute frostbite time, and that's where we um, we have to make that call of um, whether we start late or cancel altogether, if it, depending on what the forecast is. Well, we'll certainly watch watch for that. Uh, some big announcements or big happenings in the district. Nice to see some some youngsters' faces back in the uh, classrooms. Yeah, we were able to um, get approval from the regional support team, which is made up of the Minnesota Department of Health and Minnesota Department of Education, to change our learning models for our students. And so um, on the middle of uh, January, on the 19th of January, uh, we were able to bring our pre-kinder and um, kindergarten through second grade students back to in-person every day. And um, we were able to do that for the first or for those two weeks, and then beginning uh, on Monday yesterday, we were able to bring back our third through fifth graders in person uh, every day. And so that's a great um, great way to to have our students back in person uh, every single day, um, and having um, their instruction in person instead of a hybrid, which was every other day. That's how we started the school year off. We had to transition right before Thanksgiving due to um, the high uh, community uh, COVID rate and um, the impact that it was having and um, getting substitutes and and having a full staff uh, due to quarantining and and exposure. So um, we had to switch models. Uh, We're coming back now and beginning yesterday our middle school students, grades six through eight, were able to come back in a hybrid model, meaning they're coming back um, Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday. Um, we are going to uh, skip having our high school kids coming into a hybrid and go right into in-person beginning February 17th with our ninth graders, according to um, requirements and from the Minnesota Department of Health. We can only bring in three grade levels at a time um, when they're coming back in person. So uh, ninth graders will be the first in-person group at the high school, and that will begin February 17th. And then on March 1st, we'll be able to bring the 10th through 12th graders um, in person at the high school. Um, And at that same time, our 6th through 8th graders will return to in an in-person learning model uh, beginning March 1st. So uh, middle school, 6th gra- uh, grade through 8th grade, will be in a hybrid model until they re- um, for the month of February, and then they all return in person, which we have never been able to do for secondary students, meaning 6-12 six, six, students. 
to have them fully in person. Now, that's all going to be um, based on what's happening in our community. So hopefully our our um, our uh, COVID rate, our rate of um, coronavirus in, in Wright County will continue to decrease, which it has in the last couple of weeks, three weeks, as a matter of fact. And um, we were at a high when we, in November when we had to switch learning models. The community rate was 211, and now it's we're at about uh, 39. And um, so that's much more... Um, uh, workable in our in our situation, and and we continue to have all of our mitigation strategies in place to uh, ensure that we protect our our students and our staff as we um, uh, from the virus. So um, we're busy and and ready uh, to um, move forward with our our students. I know our teachers and staff are really excited to have. Uh, students return um, in person. In order, um, and and you probably heard um, news that you know governors' press conferences and um, they were rolling out a pilot program for uh, school district staff um, throughout the state. Well, um, we appreciate what they've done. The first round of first week of the pilot program, we only had 12 staff. Uh, we only had 12. Um, slots or vaccines that were available to our staff. Uh, we had to prioritize over 900 uh, staff to determine um, who would be at the beginning of that list uh, and be eligible for the vaccine. Um, and when I say 900, that includes our bus drivers who are not technically our employees. They're employees of Vision Transportation and uh, substitute teachers. And so all of those folks had to come in and be placed on a list and then prioritized. The second round, uh, second week of the program, um, allocated 36 um, invitations for BHM staff. So uh, we sent those out, but they were not guaranteed to have a vaccine in the second round, um, which generated a huge wait list. And you probably read about that or heard it, and you probably reported it, Tim. Um, and so uh, the state this week changed the way they're doing that, and they put all of the staff, uh, had them register themselves into um, a statewide wait list, and then they'll be contacted by the uh, Department of Health um, to set up a, um, an appointment. I know that the state is still working on the, the 1A list, and school district staff are in the 1B and they're also um, inoculating the um, um, community members who are 65 and older. And so we're working through that process. Um, we continue to work with Wright County Public Health, and um, they're hoping to receive an opportunity to vaccinate uh, some school staff, but it's at very limited uh, quantities, or that's the projection. So. Um, that's an update on learning model and vaccines that we received um, for the district, and we're, you know, very appreciative of this um, uh, being on the priority list because we know that that helps our our staff as they are working in person with our students. You know, there are.
students, um, the requirements and part of the mitigating strategies is that our students wear a mask at all time, except for um, preschool students, students um, who cannot remove the, their mask themselves. So we have students who are multiply handicapped that we work with, and um, they're not wearing a mask. And so, but all the other mitigating factors, sanitizing, disinfecting, the personal protective equipment uh, are all in place, the spacing of desks and um, and how we serve our students uh, look different than uh, our lunch and breakfast look a little different than they have in the past. So all of those are in place. We're excited. We're moving forward. And um, we're happy that our, our students are returning in, in person as much as possible. So that kicks me into the next topic, Tim, is uh, kindergarten registration. This year, uh, the 2021 school year, we were down in re- uh, kindergarten registrations, and I think parents, um, um, from what we are hearing from them, uh, postponed and um, enrolling their child in kindergarten and wanted to wait where they can have a in-person, face-to-face experience. Um, so we know that that happened for about 50 of our of our um, kindergarten uh, students. This year, we're hoping that they're ready to go next year. We know that with the vaccinations, um, school could look a lot different next year. And so we're hoping to uh, recover that and probably have more students this year. But we, we have to go on projections, and a lot of that deals with our birth rate in Wright County, which has been down for the, probably close to a decade. Um, it has been it has been lower. Uh, we still have more people moving in and building homes, but the birth rate is is not as high as it had been um, pre uh, 2007 2006 um, uh, downturn in the economy. Um, and so we're doing something a little bit different uh, this year with our kindergarten registration. Um, we are. Um, postponing the events where we have parents come in and um, attend a, a meeting with our teachers and our principals in an open house. And right now, um, we're going to send out all of the information to those families that we know of that are uh, on our list to uh, as incoming uh, kindergarten families. And so we'll be able to... Um, have them um, register right away so that we can get a, a, a good count um, of who will be coming in because that helps us in our staffing as we move forward for next year. Right now we're uh, beginning that staffing portion and projecting enrollments for next year. So it's critically important that we receive that information from our kindergarten parents. Um, they will have, uh, our elementary schools will have an, uh, an open house sometime before the start of the next school year, um, whenever we're able to do that safely with our family. So um, right now we limit the number of visitors and the size of the groups that can come in as uh, parents who have children in, um, in sports know. Um, we have caps and capacities and um, limits to how many each player can, uh, can uh, family members they can have 
in in a live contest. So um, we know that uh, kindergarten is a, a big opportunity to bring their child in, see the building, the parents to see the building if they haven't had uh, children in the system before or in the schools before. Uh, just get a tour. And so principals are working through that with their staff and might be small groups come in and, and have a more personalized um, tour and and um, and be able to answer their questions uh, in person. Who knows, that might be the way we do it in the, in the future. We'll see. Um, in the, in the meantime, we, we do have registration going on for next year with our schools of choice. So Discovery Elementary is a multi-age program. Montrose Elementary School of Innovation is a STEAM, which is a science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics magnet. And Tatanka Elementary is a STEM magnet, which is science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And they're moving forward with their application process right now. You can find out more about that on our website at bhmschools.org or call the schools to visit with the principals for more information. Um, Discovery is not a neighborhood school and generates its enrollment solely through a lottery uh, process from applicants from around the district. Um, and uh, they've already had um, an information night for the discovery program. And um, if you want more information, you can contact uh, Matt Nelson, the principal at Discovery Elementary, and uh, he will provide additional information. And it's also on our website for that. Um, the other two programs, as I said, are magnet programs, and they uh, uh, run through um, an application, if you're not an, in the neighborhood, through Northwest Suburban Integration School District, and you apply um, that uh, through that process on our homepage on the bhmschools.org um, website. Um, that also leads into preschool uh, registration announcement with community education. That's going on right now. They're going to have a virtual open house this Thursday, February 4th, from 6.15 to 7.15. Um, and the um, 6.15 to 7.15, parents can see the classrooms and have a Q&A session with um, question and answer session with the teachers. This will be happening at our three locations in Buffalo um, and the Buffalo Discovery Elementary, Hanover Elementary, and then Montrose at the Montrose Elementary School of Innovation. Um, you can register for the virtual open house on our website under the community education um, page and then go to uh, early childhood family education. Um, I'm going to swing back to Discovery Elementary and the lottery. Um, the applications are due um, on Monday, February 8th, for Discovery Elementary. So um, please, if you're interested in the, in the Discovery Elementary uh, program, get your applications in by Monday, February 8th, because the lottery drawing is on the 9th. Um, we have um, February is um, a month that uh, celebrates black history, and so we're celebrating black, uh, black History Month in the month of February, and then we also um, have an I Love to Read 
um, month uh, of February, and um, there'll be lots of uh, opportunities, a variety of reading and learning opportunities uh, for students. And I think there might even be, in the past, we've invited um, parents and, and community members to read to classes. Uh, we might have something uh, available for them virtually. So um, we'll, the schools will be reaching out to community members and giving them those opportunities. Um, sports and activities, uh, right before we came on, we heard the ad for the basketball um, and hockey um, coverage from KRWC. We're in full uh, swing right now. Um, and um, so, again, those are limited opportunities, um, but certainly your listeners can follow along with KRWC and their coverage. Um, we know that uh, we have our one-act play that has gone to a state competition for many, many years, um, almost every almost every year, and um, they're doing something different. So they pre-record their uh, performances, and then they're submitted for judging. And um, I know right now that our one-act um, play um, team won their subsection, and then um, they'll re-record that and um, will compete this weekend in, in the sections. If uh, they're in the top, um, if they place first out of the six schools, they'll go on to a virtual state competition. So something a little bit different, um, and we wish them luck. Their show this year is titled um, Under the Stars and Stripes. It's a uh, stories of World War II. Um, conferences also, uh, just a reminder that conference will, conferences will be done virtually and they're going to be starting up again later this month. Um, please check out our Facebook um, um, uh, account and, um, and posts. Uh, there's a lot of information there on all of the stuff that I announced and uh, to find out what's happening in the BHM schools and um, like us to see what's happening around the district. So that is what I have for you right now, Tim. All right. Sounds great. Before we leave, uh, Scott, I just uh, had a quick question about uh, not to get back to the, uh, the whole uh, COVID situation, but I was curious mm -hmm. as to the uh, transportation uh, situation and how what's been altered there or what uh, what's the kind of the protocol for that these days um, it's very um, um, regimented so depending on the type of learning model that we are in dictates the type of um, seating schedule that we'll have in in our in, in capacity limits in our buses so when we're um, in a hybrid model, meaning that uh, students can be there 50% of the time. We have six feet, six feet of physical distancing that's required. So like the middle school students are in a hybrid model starting yesterday. Then that also means that the bus capacity can only be at 50% also. And um, so the bus company has been working with that and being able to work through that. We also have the ability to have family members sit together, so that helps. Um, on the bus, uh, then we don't have to have the 
six feet of distance between uh, students. And we have a COVID coordinator that um, does the contact tracing and ensuring we're working closely with the bus company to make sure that we meet all of those requirements um, with the seating capacity. When we're at elementary and we're in person every day, all day, um, they, there's, uh, those capacity limits are, are, um, are uh, lightened. And um, I want to say they're completely, uh, we can, we're going to run at um, our capacity, but um, we never run at full capacity anyway, just in case some kids ride the bus on, on one day and they don't on the next. So the, the bus company takes that into consideration. A lot of moving parts, and again, I salute uh, not only your district, but uh, all of our school districts around the area trying to, to juggle all of this and, uh, and still maintain education. It's, it's like nothing we've ever seen before, that's for sure. It isn't, and I'm sure you hear the same from my colleagues in Wright County as they're on with you. Yeah. Um, just the same. Um, so hopefully you get different information a little bit from all of us, and it's not the same story every time you, yeah. you have a superintendent on. So. Very good. Well, Scott, always a pleasure. We'll uh, talk again in March, and we'll see what happens. Thank you. All I right. look forward to it. Thanks a lot. District 877 Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Scott Tillman, our regular first Tuesday of the month guest on our Spotlight here on KRWC.